We hold nothing back from you today. Father, I do not want to be a child that come that day you said, I never knew you. Father, I want to be someone who is vulnerable to allowing you to do a work in me. That I would be defined by you. That I would know my identity in you. Transformed from the inside out. Knowing that you are a good, good father. That you love us so deeply, so passionately, that it goes beyond our own way of thinking, beyond the wisdom of the world, of what it can comprehend. Jesus, today, I pray that throughout this place we would be a people who attach faith to what it is that you are saying. Lord, we would not be people who cower away in the corner, hide away from you in fear. But Lord, we would come to you submitted out of a love posture. Jesus, you are so mighty. Thank you, your spirit is here right now to move to pierce the hardest of hearts and to soften us so that we can be your people out in the world being the light that you said in Isaiah would arise and shine and the glory of God would come forth. This real sense that Jesus would say his, his light and his desire is to shine in, even in the darkest of places of our lives this morning. And we are not to hold back. We've heard so much through his worship, through, through praise this morning of his desire to, to do a deep, deep work in us that would leave us changed more and more into the likeness of his son. And so he is, he is shining his light in and through his word, in and through what he is saying through this, this house, in and through what he is speaking to you throughout the week. Do not be people who hinder his voice, but allow the light to shine. And as the light shines, the darkness must flee. It has no place when he comes in. It has no place. And so the more of his light that is in us, the more light is going to shine forth. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Please take a seat. Before I start today, I've just here was a real sense that there's some people that um, need pray for this morning. And just during worship, God was speaking to me about those who um, they maybe feel as though they're in spiritual, spiritual bondage. And it's, uh, um, it's really sort of cracking open exactly what Russ was sharing. 
that his, his desire is for us to know the absolute utmost joy and love that he has for us. But maybe you're here this morning and, and that, is, uh, that is a blockage for you. It's something that is, is, is proving a, 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 a wall for you to, to come into this morning. And I, I just, I want, I want people to be bold this morning. I'm going to ask you throughout this morning as I ask some deep questions and, and take us on a bit of a journey that we will be bold and vulnerable with one another for the purpose of seeing uh, him be, live uh, and thrive in, in, in every area of our life. So, I mean, if, if, that is, if that's you this morning, I, just, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want you to, to be bold, to, to know that he wants to shift that today. It's his desire to come. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bless you, Lord. And just with, sorry, just with your hands raised, just want to make sure, because this, we're a body, we're a family, so it's not just me. I want those that are around to lay hands on those people, and you're going to pray with me as we pray. So let's just allow God to to do his work this morning. If, it, if it's not someone who's close, just, just make sure you get around them. Father, I thank you that you want to work in people's lives today. I thank you that you don't want to leave us the same. This is all he prayed this morning. I thank you that your, your heart, your desire is for us to come into wholeness. You came for the brokenhearted, Lord, and you do not desire for broken hearts to remain the same. You desire wholeness. And so, Lord, we speak. We speak your life, your power, your Holy Spirit to come into those who are in need of you today to transform minds. Father, we thank you that you are in the business of renewing the minds of your children, that we would come into the fullness of who you desire us to be. Thank you that you do not leave us where we are at. Thank you, Father. You are a good, good Father. I thank you. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray that a, a, a shift of uh, anything that, that, is, uh, that is not of you, Lord God, that is, is, is ripping, their, um, ripping their life apart because of their thinking and what they're saying over their life will be gone in the name of Jesus. That depression will be lifted in the name of Jesus. There has no place in the kingdom of God. Wholeness today, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Exciting. God is so hungry to see us all become his children the way in which he put out in his word. And um, today as I, I speak to you, I, I want to uh, set a platform down that firstly I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a place purely of what God has uh, revealed in my heart and is continuing to outwork within me. So it's not um, something that I'm, I'm just reading and trying to draw out. This is a, a deep work which he's doing. He's continuing to do. It's not something that is a finished work. And so the, the very same questions which I ask you today, I continue to ask myself. 
because I'm on the same journey uh, as you, as, as my brothers and sisters. So um, I want that to, to be the platform that, uh, that is set today. Within, within everything I share, it's important that I lay that foundation because at the very root of who he has revealed himself to be is that he is the father of love. He is the father of compassion. He is abounding in grace. He's the speaker of healthy discipline as well. He realigns us. He shows us his ways are truly the best way above anything else. That God is 100% for us. That is a, a, an, un, that is an unprecedented stake that we need, to, uh, we need to settle once and for all. That he is for us, he is not against us, and he does nothing out of a sinister motive that is not his heart. So I say this because, yeah, some of the questions I'll ask of us today have the power to either draw us closer to him, or if we look at it with unveiled eyes, we can get confused, we can, um, make, we can think that it appears heavy, but it's not. That foundation of who he is, of who he truly is, his heart for us, is what we need to, to have uh, rested as the root of why he is drawing us um, into his fullness and why it is so important that we hear um, and we are obedient to his word. So um, the Spirit's intention is to bring clarity in all circumstances. I prayed it this morning, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. It says, God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of clarity. He is a God of peace. And... Uh, I feel that he would desire us as the church to have that settled in our core once and for all. No longer questioning his faithfulness, his instruction or his character. But having a desire to live by his command, for his command and being vessels that he can reveal his glory in. Amen. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. My message is called, Knock Knock, Who's There? And... Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting because as individuals of a body, we can, uh, we can find ourselves responding a number of ways when God comes knocking, right? We have a, a number of different avenues in which, uh, which, which we can say, and, and we're in such a, a special season at the moment that the God of, of life, the God of, um, of passion, of desire is there. He's knocking. He's knocking our door. He's speaking from the other side of the door. Will you let me in? Will you let me in? Will you let me do the work that I am so desiring to do in you so that you may come into the fullness of it? But there's a number of camps that we can be in. We, uh, we can uh, so easily be in the, uh, the swayed or distracted um, uh, part of the house, um, which our own thinking gets in the way or um, even stops us from coming to the door. So, you know, it could be your favourite TV programme, God, I'm, as you see, I'm busy. I've got MKR watching. You know? I've got the football on. Just come back later. Just come back later. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too busy right now. You could be in the, uh, the, the second camp, which is uh, you know very well that it's him, but uh, you're actually uh, hiding away in the corner. <laughs> this is a recorded message. Please leave your name and number at the door. I've been watching in 
despicable me recently. <laughs> Camp three is that you could, be, you could actually be going to the door. You could actually be going up to the door, but if it's anything like our door at home, it's got a frosted, frosted window. So your, your sight is a bit obscure. It's a bit obscure as to what it is that you're actually seeing on the other side. And we can't be sure. Is it really you, God? Is it really you that's, that's speaking? Is it really you who's, who's wanting to, to come in? And, and so we choose not to open it. We choose not to, to, to allow him in. Or camp four, we can choose to hear his voice. We know the voice that is asking us to come in. Because as a sheep knows the voice of the shepherd, we do as he asks. We come under his authority because we know he loves us. We know he cares for us. We apply faith and we trust that his way is the best and we open the door. So where do you put yourself in that picture when God speaks to you? Do you get distracted easily? Do you allow the, the things, the ways of this world to overcome you and, and be the thing that is your attention? Do you hide away? Because, you know, as we've been, been saying, we, we don't understand the, the true reality of, of who he is. We're, we, we come to him out of a, a wrong mindset of fear. And so we, we hide away, hoping that he... He leaves and moves on to the next house. Or maybe you, you're in a position where you're questioning whether it's him who's really speaking. Oh, are you really asking me to, to step in? Are you really asking me to, to walk this way? I'm not sure if I'm prepared yet, God. I'm not sure that I can be sure that it's, it's you. Because my, my vision, my interpretation of you is, is a bit blurry. It's not right. Or do you sit in the camp in which you, you receive him? You know his voice. You're eager to, to find and seek more of, of who he is out and you, you run to him and you see the life and you live in the rest of who he is. Where do you put yourself in the picture with regards to what God is saying here at the Rock Community and what he's been saying over these last few months? Which camp do, you, do you, you fall in there? Do we want to be a people that hear and respond to every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Because let me paint the, the picture again. If, you, if, you're, if you're new to, to, this, uh, to this community or if you've only been coming just recently, we have gone through a, a phenomenal journey these last six years in which God's voice is coming to, to penetrate the hearts. It's come to separate and to realign and bring life back into what it is. It's, it's been a journey of, of realignment for us to, to be known as the people of God in the way in which he see, sees it best. The knowing him, the true deep knowing of his heart, that when he speaks, we know when he asks us to go, we go. But it's from a, a beautiful place of rest rather than from a, a place of, of rushing around, of, of, 
uh, of striving, uh, of, of, of trying to, to grapple and put our hands on it. And again, I, I say this because this is, this is my journey. This is the journey that I've been on even just the last eight years that both Emma and I have, have been here in New Zealand and here at The Rock. And, uh, and if I'm honest, um, you know, I would have said my reality in, in, in the picture of the camps was, yeah, probably I, I'm, I, I have an open door policy with God, you know. He can come in whenever he wants, but, uh, ooh, I've, uh, I've got this going on now, so uh, maybe you should just, uh, I'll just usher you out and you can come back later. You can come back later. It's, uh, it's, it's not appropriate that you see this part of my life because it's uh, not quite in alignment with what your word says. But you know what it took? Um, it took God to reveal that reality to me. Because we can come with the idea that we've, we've got it all down pat, that we're, we're comfortable where we're at. And, and his heart is, is to, to take us out of that and into something which is far greater. And so I'm so, so thankful. Greg, um, Greg brought a, a scripture briefly at uh, Mountain Movers last week in the evening. And, uh, and when I read it, I was like, it was like reading the autobiography of my life these last eight years. I want us to, uh, to read it and uh, see if you recognise anything that uh, might have been brought here at the rock. It's uh, in Deuteronomy 8. I'm just going to read the first uh, nine verses. So Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 9. And my Bible says, uh, it titles it, Do Not Forget the Lord. I'm still standing at the door, guys. Don't forget me. Don't forget what I'm, I'm here to do in you. Okay, from verse 1. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these last 40 years that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you. Understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. 
Let's break it down from verse 1. All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall carefully do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. His first place desire for us is to come into the life, to live, to grow, to multiply. And, uh, and we do this through, through relationship and through our vulnerability before him. Seek first my kingdom. Seek first my righteousness and all this will be added unto you. John 4, the, the, the picture of, um, uh, of, of Christ at, at the well. You know, if you saw, if you knew who it was that was before me, if you knew who stands before you, you would ask for a drink and you would drink from this well that overflows with life. We've been hearing this. This is what's coming out. John 10 as well, that he may uh, give us life and life abundantly. He, his desire is that everything that we um, in, engage in with him is to lead us into a place of, of abundance in him, of wholeheartedness, of power. And I love the fact that that, that is, is pointed out just at the very beginning, that we may live you know, he's not calling us to a, a life of, of mediocrity. He's not calling us to a, a life in which we would be, feel downtrodden. But life, 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 life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that that is your promise to us. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness. Winter and wilderness. Clay brought a, a whole series on winter and wilderness. And... My journey of this hasn't been four years. <laughs> I celebrated my 32nd birthday last Sunday. But he certainly has taken me on a journey in these last seven to eight years in which the wilderness has been such a, an important part of me coming into uh, more and more of his life, more of, of his power. And... Um, I think for me it's, it's something that he uh, was able to identify more and more just in these, in these last seven, eight months. Um, for me, the, the idea and the, the premise of uh, leaving uh, my role here at The, the Rock and, uh, and stepping out was something that I definitely needed to be um, pressing into God for. And even as uh, Emma and I went away to, to the UK, over January, and we had some time to spend with Mike and Ingrid uh, Hewitson. Uh, God was continuing to, to speak and unravel that this was his will and that this was, was his way. It didn't stop it from being a place of uncertainty, though. In the wilderness, you, you're not always seeing the, the goal. You're not always seeing the picture. But the beauty of what he did show was just this blank canvas, which didn't include hurt or pain from the perspective of he was going to let me um, fall away, but he was going to draw himself more and more to me. And so sometimes we, in the wilderness, I wonder if we, we actually, we approach um, that place with faith, whether we approach it with that, uh, that hard attitude of trusting him, that even if we can't see the picture, we will choose to, to, to step in for the reality that he has on the other side. And um, 
And when, when the, the time came that, uh, that we were told that um, re-establishment was happening, I was just at a, a, a complete place of peace about it because I knew it was completely of him. And even though I didn't have a clue what was, was going to happen next, and, you know, Emma and I have a mortgage to pay, we have things uh, that, that, that need, to ha- need to happen, God's rested assurance of who he is is poured in at that very moment. And the life of his, uh, his provision and him being known as, as Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, is something that I can't explain to you in, in the fullness of, but it just is, is it's a solid brick. It's a foundation that cannot be moved now because of, of, what, he, of what he is doing. And, um, but the, the work he, he was really wanting to do was in my heart. He was, he was on that, that path of, of wanting to, to reveal that which was within me. And just towards the end there of, of verse 2, it says, He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. We've had a prophetic word delivered in this house that every heart would be revealed. And... and we, we, can, we can see prophetic words as sort of this, whoa, this big declaration, this big thing that's, you know, oh, wonderful, that's great. But until you actually start to, start to live it out, you start to walk in it, you go, ah, right. That's for me, is it? Okay. Okay, God, what's, uh, what's going to happen here? And the, the real turning point for me, I would say, was when... Um, we weren't even here actually on the day because we, we were still flying back in from the UK. But when Ian McCormack shared about the condition of the heart and the, um, the distinctiveness of, of, the, um, of this vessel that was, was leaking, uh, that was um, you know, hemorrhaging because it wasn't whole. It wasn't something that was um, wholly devoted to him. And, uh, and I think, it, you know, I, I, I want to be honest with you today, even in that wilderness and, and knowing of his provision, I still, I still struggled. I still struggled with, um, with elements of, of what, he was, what he was going to do. What, what was his timing in the situation? What, when, when is this all going to happen, God? And, and those questions are okay. We've got to be okay to, to be able to ask him those questions. Come to him with those, because he, he is someone who, who desires us to be honest with him, to, to be open with him. And I just took, a, I just took some time to, to head to the beach. It's one of the beautiful things about living out in Lyle Bay, Scorching Bay, and all of those areas, is just you can have seclusion, and um, God is able to speak to me. And, um, and so I said, right, God, there's, there's a work you want to do in my heart. There's a work that you, you want to do so that I can start stepping in to more and more of, of the, this prophetic word that is being spoken and to live a life of rest in this place of wilderness. So who is it? Who is it? What is it that has my heart? And who am I living for? And immediately he just starts to, to pour out things. Your football, your BBC Sports website your Facebook time, the lusts of life, your daughter, oh, 
your wife, your parents. They may be 12,000 miles away, but they still define a lot of what you say and what you do. The role that you have as pastor in the rock. What? <laughs> what? And, and that's, 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 it shocked me, but it, it, it felt so true because of, his, because of the way in which he brought it. And this is, this is the thing we, you know, again, something just to, to really re-emphasise and have settled is, is he, he didn't come bringing condemnation. He doesn't come bringing condemnation when these things are revealed. He comes that we may be free. He comes that we may know him deeper and that we be assured that what he has prepared for us is far greater than what we're living in already. So he's happy to reveal these things to us. And it really is about our, our heart posture, our, our, you know, how are we going to position ourselves when he does reveal these things. Because he, he'll, always, he'll always come at it from love. So the second part of the question was, I'm living. Who am I living for? Well, you're living for you. <laughs> and he said this, and I said, oh my goodness. The ability to live a life of comfort that requires very little responsibility and yet all the riches of doing something which is worthwhile. It's quite quiet. (laughs) I wonder if there are other people or you're all just amazing and and it's just me. I was like, wow. You know, even even as somebody who is a follower of God can be in this position. So what do I need to do, God? Well, you need to let go of fear. You need to let go of fear, Simon. There are things that you fear. You fear responsibility. Because you are my child. You come to me as a child, but you, you act as, a, uh, as an infant acts. My daughter at the moment, we're going through you know, the process of teaching her about, you know, things if she drops them on the, on the floor, you know, if it's rubbish or whatever, she needs to take it to the, to the rubbish bin and, and we're working that out, you know, the whole process of, okay, one, two, that often gets to three. <laughs> but that responsibility that, that I, was, I was to be walking in as well, you know, he would say one, two, three, three and a half. Oh my goodness. When are you going to do this? When are you going to walk in this? <laughs> it just, yeah, it was the, the const, that constant pull that I had of wanting to remain an infant rather than coming into the maturity of what he had laid out a feeling of inadequacy around those who were older or a dissatisfaction of not being listened to. But isn't he amazing at rebuilding? Isn't he amazing to his, his word? He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, 
but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the world. I will build my church. Next series. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, uh, I'm just amazed that, that the precept upon precept upon precept of what's coming out of this house that offers life should we choose to engage with it. And he said he would build his church. He would rebuild me into his child, the way in which he said. First of all, he said, you need to change the way in which you seek value. Seek out your value in me, who I say you are, and allow that to define you. Don't be defined by a role. Don't be defined about what you're going to uh, going to be doing later on in the future. Be defined by who I am and rest. Rest in the knowledge that you are mine and that I am calling you into something that is far greater than your reality of, of who you think I am is right now. You've placed your dependency You'd placed your dependency on, on sex and on love in a way which I never created it to be about. It's not about a release. It's about a union. It's about oneness. It's about love. It's about abundant devotion. I will teach you to be dependent upon me. First and foremost, not on a wife, not on a child, not dependent upon your parents, but dependent upon me. Depend on my love and the union which I desire with you and watch as I transform you and I transform your mind perspective. And that is what he's done. That is what he's done as I have submitted to it, as I've allowed him to. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not calling this the, the easy journey to when he knocks, oh yeah, whoa, because that's what will happen. He will reveal things. But remembering again, just as I said at the beginning, who is it that you're opening the door up to? Who is it that is speaking? He speaks from the position of compassion, of abounding grace, of healthy discipline and realignment and love. Live wholeheartedly to and for me in preparation for my coming as the bridegroom. You need to allow that which proceeds from his mouth to become a reality in our lives and starting, start the process of claiming back our hearts so that he can start to have it all. That's what that scripture really comes down to when it says, I never knew you. He is, you know, it's not that, you know, we, we know Psalm 139. He knows every, every detail of us. He created us in the womb. But there is, a, there is a place, there is a posture, there is a position that he's calling us into that is us wholeheartedly vulnerable before him in every situation, in every circumstance, we're on our knees, humbled before our King, knowing that He is the only way, that He has the only solution. That is the journey which He, he has, and it is a journey of intimacy. 
that enables that. Recognizing that he is speaking in the now requires us to be intimate with him now. I just want to give you two brief examples. Um, Genesis 22, 1-14 to, um, speaks of, um, the, uh, of Abraham going up the mountain and taking Isaac, his son, um, the promise in which uh, generations would be, uh, would be birthed from. And, um, and as we know from the beginning of, of, the, uh, of, of the story, God speaks to Abraham and Abraham says, here I am. Yeah, I could just stop there, <laughs> really, because, is it, you know, can that be our attitude? Is it, here I am, Lord. Speak. Have your way. What is it that you want to do today in me? Or is it, oh, is that you? I'm not too sure I really want that to be you. I'm off. <laughs> But he says, here I am. Here I am. And the word from God is, take your son. Take him up to the, the top of the mountain and I want you to, to sacrifice him. I want to know um, that, uh, that you trust me. I want to know that you, you have faith in who I am. And so faithfully, Abraham takes Isaac. He takes the word he lays, the, he lays down the altar and puts his son on the altar. Now, what do you think would have happened if God then hadn't have spoken again? Knife primed, boom. Promise gone. But he didn't, he spoke. And Abraham responded immediately. So this is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm wanting to, to draw out from this is, is the way in which God speaks is, 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 is constant, it's present. It's every word that precedes, it is a now. It's not a precede, every, God, every word that precedes, it's every word that proceeds. And so God is constantly revealing himself. He's constantly um, speaking to us. And Abraham was in such a place of intimacy with his God that he heard and he, resto- he responded and stopped the plunge. I want to know that you love me more than you love the promises. That was the message. That was the message for him. And through that obedience to respond to his word, to hear, to be in intimacy with him, he heard and he responded and received the promise. 1 Kings 17 1 to uh, 16 um, is uh, the story of Elijah being fed uh, by the ravens. So um, Elijah is, is running away from Bathsheba and, um, and, uh, and so God takes him to a, uh, a brook in order that uh, he may drink and he says, I'll bring ravens. And they will, uh, they'll drop off meat for you in the morning and they'll drop off meat for you at the night. It's a pretty good takeaway system, eh? <laughs> and, um, and then it comes, it comes to a season where the brook dries up and the ravens stop coming. And, uh, and it's at that point that Elijah responds to uh, God's word to head to uh, a widow. That is, uh, that is in the nearby, nearby town. 
and this widow is going to be the one uh, that feeds you. It's just, just kind of a little step aside. You know, we've been talking about the wisdom of God and, and uh, the wisdom of the world. You know, if you were in Elijah's position, what is your response to that? I can, I can, I can so easily see what I were doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm down by the brook. Oh, God's been feeding. He's been drinking, but now it's all dried up. Oh. Oh God, the, the ravens haven't come. And, oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just not. You know, maybe I'm just not seeing them. Maybe I'll get the. Oh, oh. Maybe I. Maybe I'll do a call to try and you know try and bring them. Oh, oh this the brook's dried up. I know. I know what I'll do. I'll um. Uh, I'll get. I'll get my. Uh, I'll build a, a really long straw. That's out. Oh, there's a bit of moisture underneath that rock. Oh yeah, that's where the blessing of the Lord is, right there. No, I need to, I need another, I need another straw. It's a little bit. And God's going like, "Hello, hello." It's dried up for a reason. I'm calling you out, and I'm calling you in. I'm calling you out from that which I ordained and had placed for you, but now there's something new for you to step into. And um, Elijah's response is, is phenomenal because here is a widow who can't even feed her own child. You know, she's, she's got this last bit of flour and this last bit of water. <laughs> and God says, this is the woman. And Elijah says, right, well, with faith, I will walk, I will speak with this woman. Bake me a cake. Bake me a bread roll. And everything will come to pass, that which he has said. And, you know, the widow herself goes on a journey, you know, herself with her, her son, her son's health failing. And dying, Elijah bring him back. The power of God. It's just phenomenal that if Elijah had not responded to what God was saying to him in that moment, what would have happened? What would have been learned? Elijah's provision was not in the widow. It was in the word of God. It was in him. There's such an importance of heeding to what God is saying to us as his people now and being current in our hearing. Are we present in spirit and body, whether it's during a Sunday message that's spoken here or throughout our week in our our times of intimacy with him? Are we present? I can be honest, I'll put my hand up. There are times I come through this door and my attitude sucks. Because either, you know, I've had a, I've had a fight with them or, you know, something has, has really hit hard over the week. Had a dear friend of mine in the film industry pass away yesterday. And, uh, yeah, it shook me up. It shook me up bad. He, uh, 
he was always one that was just sort of very trustworthy that you could rely upon to, to be a good actor, get the job done. It was a real pleasure to cast. I hope he's with him. But uh, those things can, could easily break us or they can draw us closer to him. And so when I, when I come here on a Sunday, my heart's desire is that I would encounter him on a special way in a way in which his, his heart desire is, infer, is firmly imprinted in me, that I come into the life of what he's saying. And even if I don't understand it, that I would continue to press in and that I would continue to ask questions and not be afraid to ask questions or to seek clarity. Because as I say, God is the God of clarity. He's the God who desires us to come and be his so can, can we say we're present? Don't stay by the dried up creek being mad at God for not talking or moving in your life when what is being shared could be the very thing that God is wanting you to walk into. It could be the very thing that just switches you from being someone who's striving or thinking that... <coughs> that this journey is too difficult to being someone who comes into the full life, experiences his presence and abundance. So how are you positioning yourself to hear his voice today? Let's go back to the knock-knock scenario. Will we continue to be people who are distracted by the wisdom of the world, by what it is that he's, he doesn't want our hearts to be entangled with? Are we going to be people who hide away from what he says and what he speaks to us? Are we going to remain in that place of never being sure as to whether it's truly him or not because we'll continue to wear the glasses of, of our own thinking of who God is, our own interpretations of the scripture, but actually allowing him to define it? Or will we be in camp four and be the people who hear his voice, who are asking him to come in, apply it with faith and trust and open the door? My prayer is that we would not be a people who decide not to open the door because faith is not attached to when we're hearing. In Hebrews 4, uh, verse 1 to 2, and, uh, and verse 11, it says, Therefore, let us fear... If while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had good news preached to us. What is being spoken here is good. If we see it through the Spirit's eyes. They heard this message, but they did not profit from it because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Down to verse 11, Therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. That's tough. That's a tough word. You mean that if we don't apply what you say to us, Lord, with faith, that I can be living in disobedience? Far out. 
I don't want to be that person. I want to be a person who lives by faith, who trusts him even if it isn't my reality, that I would be bold enough to believe in who he says he is rather than who I think he is in my brokenness or in my dysfunction. There is such incredible rest to be found by entering into what he is asking of his people. And I can testify to how, how that journey has changed me, it is continuing to change me. As I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a finished product. But my desire is to come into even what's described in those last few verses, 7, 8 and 9, of uh, Deuteronomy, how there is a, a land that is so fruitful, that is so of him, that we can be living in, even right now, before we hit eternity. And that reality is, is available for us to grab hold of. And, you know, the, the conversations I'm having with people at the moment, whether it's at work or not, is, is just is so encouraging to to know that it's him that is at work. I had a rap party for a feature film which I finished up on recently, speaking with a guy. He's, um, I think he's got sort of um, a Buddhist sort of background. He's talking very much about auras and, you know, that which um, a person carries on them. And, um, but he was, he was speaking quite sort of negatively about this particular superstar, I won't say a name, but it was just interesting that that was the thing that came out from me. And I said, you know what, you know, I, I, think, I think some of what you say is right. She has, she has a, a, a spirit, you know, in her that, um, that is, is crying out and it's crying out for, it's crying out for God. It's crying out that, that he would be um, the one that is uh, is actually transforming her, that she wouldn't be this angry, bitter person. But you know what? I love her all the same. I don't know her. She doesn't know me from a bar of soap. But the the way in which we were able to interact just seemed to be able to bring a calming effect. And you know what he said? He said, you're a light. I'm like, you don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> but I know who the light is that is, is shining and, and who is, you know, who is actually, who's, who's revealed that to me and who, who's doing the work in my life. It's him. It's him who's doing it. And it provides such rest and assurance that it's nothing that I've done in my own strength. That mana from heaven is not, you know, is not something that I can conjure up but it's fully of him. For those of you who don't know, I'm, um, I've started, I'm, I'm heading into the uh, real estate industry with Harcourts. And you see, even there is a challenge to be a person of integrity in an environment that can so easily be caught up in, as you know, it was shown on TV the other day, wasn't it, of, of people who are taking backhands or shortcuts in order to to benefit themselves in their own pocket. What an awesome opportunity to be him 
in that workplace and to, um, to see transformation come. And, you know, even in, in a season where, yeah, Emma and I are strapped for cash, all of a sudden, by just the desire to trust him, to trust in his faithfulness and the desire to walk that out, I just had three job offers <laughs> in the last week for film work. I'm off to Fiji in the end of September. <laughs> and doing Auckland and Rota. Yeah, that's it. It's nothing of who I, you know, of what I've done. It's nothing of what I could conjure up. But it's his desire to love, his desire to show who he is. And if we allow him to speak, if we allow him to share, to penetrate us, man, you're in for a journey. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Lord, we cannot live on bread alone. But we choose to live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And I thank you, Lord God, for... I just thank you for being part of this community. I thank you for what it is that you are saying, what it is that you are revealing in and through this house. Just in unpacking that scripture in Deuteronomy, Lord, the, the amount of things that we, we are even covering here, Lord God, that we are seeing happening. Lord, you are humbling us. You're teaching us. You're taking us out of our old self into the new. You're transforming us if we make the choice, Lord, to allow you to do the work. And so, Lord, I pray. I pray that as your word proceeds, as it comes, Lord God, we will have ears to hear is to hear in the Spirit. Lord God, I, I pray a, a fresh washing of your Spirit to come over your people this morning. A hunger, a desire for manna that comes from heaven. Lord God, that is, is everlasting to our spirit. That is fruit for life, Lord God. But Lord, as, even as the Israelites experienced that manna was only available to them for one day, it would not be something that we just rest on. Lord God, and we would live in a, a, a testimony of five years ago or a week ago, but we would be living in the testimony that is of today. Lord God, you have something you are saying to us today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Face that hunger in us, Lord, that desire to press in for more of what you are saying. And Lord God, that we would be <coughs> a church that does this out of the submission to your love because we love you because you have revealed your love to us Father thank you for your love thank you that it is sweet thank you that it is, is powerful thank you that it disciplines us Lord for the purpose of not leaving us where we are but drawing us into your freedom drawing us into your rest and your life and I thank you that I can experience that today I thank you that I already have experienced it. And I thank you that there is more for me to experience as I continue on this journey. Father, may we do this as your body, as one. This is written in Hebrews, Lord. That we would unite it. We would be united. We would be one in faith for what you are saying to us. And not shy away. But we would open the door to you. And we will let you in. In Jesus' name, amen.